Thanks for tuning in to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suju Organic, where we inspire, educate, and provide advice and insights around those who are in the sports business and entertainment industry. Please follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Life in the Front Office. And don't forget to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Lastly, get your 15% off Suja at sujaorganic.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Excited to have Tata Mannion as our guest today. Uh, she is the Senior Director of Partnerships at Medium Rare, and we're going to talk about uh, where the brands are intersecting with entertainment, uh, maybe a few parties and uh, around some big events. But nonetheless, uh, she is the daughter of Dennis Mannion, who we recently had on uh, actually twice on the podcast. So excited to have this is the first time we've had a, another family member of a guest. Ooh. I love so, it. There's a first for everything, but welcome, Tatum. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. My dad, of course, was very excited to participate on the podcast a couple of times, it sounds like. I've listened to the first one. Um, but no, definitely excited to chat. And I think exactly what you said, I kind of I kind of grew up around uh, the sports and entertainment world. And while I didn't follow into my dad's steps 100% and go the team route, I kind of parallel path that a little bit. So definitely excited to chat. Yeah, let's talk about that parallel path because he started out at Live Nation and um, and then we'll get into what Medium Rare is and, and all the great events that you guys are putting on. But uh, how did you get into Live Nation? And, and, if, and if someone's listening and they're like, yeah, I want to get into that kind of intersection of entertainment and sports, uh, you know, there are different opportunities other than just the team world and the event, yeah. right? No, 100%. And it's funny, I was one of those people that always was asking myself, how do I get into the entertainment side of things, not just the sports side of things. And while of course, I love sports and all of those exciting things that come with it. I was always very interested in the concert side of things. I was always interested in the music and the performers. Um, performers are a lot like athletes in my mind, just they're going on stage. That's like their field. And it was always exciting to me. So Funny enough, I studied film at school as well as communications and marketing and things like that and had applied to a couple of internships at Live Nation um, and had a really incredible friend, mentor named Brooke. And she interviewed me and said, I think that you would be perfect in a, in a brand management role. And in my mind, I was like, uh, I don't really know anything about brands. I don't know if that would make sense for me. And what it got down to is that it was just about storytelling. And that's exactly what I love to do. I love to tell stories. If it is telling a brand story, you know, through a venue or through a partnership or things like that, that's exciting to me. And that's kind of how I fell into Live Nation was just on the brand partnership side of things, working on specific accounts and activating them across different music festivals, concerts, things like that. And so, um, you know, my, my time at Live Nation was incredible for a lot of reasons. It's a place where a lot of people get their start. And I think it's important that they do just because you get a really good understanding of what the industry is. Um, and funny enough, I now work with two people that come from SFX and Live Nation. So um, we'll get into medium rare in a second, but I really learned a lot of the basics of this is how the music world is going to look. 
how it's going to move forward. Um, and in my current role now, I'm seeing a lot of the ways that it is going to go that I never really saw there, but that's just because we're trying to do something a little bit different at medium rare now. But um, during my time at Live Nation, I worked with a lot of big brands that were partnering with Live Nation at you know 50 plus venues or festivals and things like that. And I'm sure you know well, these partners come to you know your current role or things like that to ask, you know, how can I show up and attract a new fan base? And it looks way different at a venue or a festival than it does at our events now at Medium Rare. So definitely I'm always learning because there's always new ways to get a partner integrated across the event or, you know, a celebrity partner, an athlete partner. That term can be very, very broad. Um, and it's been, it's been great to see, especially in the last three years during COVID, how things have, have changed for a lot of a lot of these different elements of the entertainment industry. Which, by the way, just to for, for those listening who don't know what Live Nation is or have maybe heard of it, but not exactly, I mean, it's massive, right? Like uh, publicly traded on a stock exchange, like it's not a small <laughs> company. Uh, they are kind of the engine behind a lot of concerts, events, festivals, like you mentioned. And so as a lot of these teams, if you go back to the team world, a lot of these teams are running their stadium, arena, ballpark, whatever it is, um, you know, 365, trying to get these different events. They're working with Live Nation and other companies to get these artists in the building um, to have different, uh, to your point, fan bases, right, that show up to their uh, footprint, right, where they may be not think they may not otherwise, right? Like they may not be interested in a basketball game. They may not be interested in a football game, but they're interested in going to see, you know, Taylor Swift or whoever it is, yeah. right? And uh, when we get to the athlete portion, right? You know, I was fortunate enough um, to to go to uh, a couple of the events out here during Super Bowl, and and you guys kind of creating the events uh, through Medium Rare around the larger event where other people already are right and yeah um, and then using uh your partners your celebrities to kind of create that tentpole event around it um you know Shaq was one of them right Gronk was one of them um talk a little bit about how those come to life and how they even start from the ground up uh from an idea perspective yeah I think you kind of you alluded to all of those things I was you know just Going back to Live Nation quickly, I was working on a very small part of that massive, massive company, which is Live Nation, um, and was fortunate to have met two of, uh, well, the two Medium Rare co-founders, Adam Richmond and Joe Silverzweig, during COVID, funny enough, and um, did some work with them and ended up going full-time with them a couple of years ago now. But what's really cool about Medium Rare is that we're really focused at the intersection of sports and entertainment and wanted to kind of reinvent what live events looked like. So as you mentioned, we partner with different celebrity and media, celebrities and the media properties to create true joint venture events. We leverage their IP, we're creating new IP, and we're really finding unique ways to align fans and brands with a celebrity or with a media property. So Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, um, kind of two parts with him. While we do manage his DJ career as DJ Diesel, Shaq came to us and said, hey, you know what? We're pretty sick and tired of going to 
Super Bowl parties where you stand around that they're very, very exclusive in some respect. Not everybody can get a ticket. It's invite only. And Shaq being the chief fun officer or the CFO wanted to throw the most inclusive, but coolest Super Bowl event of all time. And that's how Shaq's fun house was born. And as you saw, we had a massive mega structure carnival tent. You have carnival rides, but you also have some of the greatest performers of all time. Diplo and Snoop Dogg were on the lineup this year. Um, and we're going to always continue to grow that event. It's a really special one for a lot of reasons because everybody's invited. It's an all-inclusive ticket on that event. Um, and what's really great there too is that we have a lot of brands that come to us that want to show up around Super Bowl, but they want to do it in a different way. We never, ever, ever will do a logo slap partnership. We sit there, listen to the brand and want to make sure that it's a collaborative process through and through of how they show up at the event. So sure, that could look like a, um, a Casamigos celebration bar where you're making snow cones. Uh, so you've got that carnival flair or Takis came to us and wanted to do something exciting. We had a let the heat drop moment during the event where Takis fell from the sky or Netspen was our presenting partner on the event. Again, how can we integrate their language and messaging in a way that makes a lot of sense for the brand, but also our fans? So little light touches, like they had the, the Ferris wheel and the nothing but Netspen game, but fans were also winning prepaid cards from Netspen. So it wasn't just- By the way, the, face, the but... nothing but net, oh, yeah. no one made a basket. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like, man, I, that one's going in. That one's going in. Oh, no. Hey, not, Shaq not. didn't even make the basket. So don't, don't, don't worry about that one. But he well, <laughs> his, I mean, free throw percentage over the career too. Though. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just kidding. No. Um, no, it, but... Really cool activations. Yeah. And, and I think- you know, even something like, hey, I was out there and uh, I'm blanking on the name, but I think it was Wing or something of that yeah. sort. And it was um, basically drone shipping. And it was and it was a Google owned company from Australia. I was talking to the guy. It was, it was fascinating. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But these things were like styrofoam planes, but they were dropping your DoorDash at yes. you know, your, your doorstep, right? Like, yeah, wild. It yeah, and that's exactly what we want to do. Like I started by saying, we're storytellers. We're in the storytelling business. And Medium Rare is just doing that in a different way, in a way that we find super exciting. So like you mentioned, we're showing up around these larger events where a lot of people are coming and looking for things to do. This past Super Bowl, we did four events in three days, have an absolutely incredible team. But that was not only partnering with Shaq, but Rob Gronkowski, Sports Illustrated, and then Guy Fieri. And the Guy Fieri one was interesting because we had never done it before. Um, and Guy, during COVID, we had done Guy's Restaurant Reboot, which was a live broadcast special. We were giving back to restaurants, things like that. And we had done a lot of different live streams and things like that during the pandemic. Um, but again, Guy said, I want to throw you know, a massive tailgate at Super Bowl this year but I want it to be for 10,000 people. And we're, we're like, okay, that's a full blown festival at that point. That's not, that's not just a little tailgate. We did it next to the stadium. It was free for 10,000 guests and it was Guy Fieri brought to life. But you know, that's exactly what we wanted to achieve. You come in, you've got diner dives, drive-ins and dives, restaurants all over the place. You've got some country acts on stage. Diplo did a country act. 
Um, it really is like a festival most people have never been before. And they get to be with their favorite celebrity, whether that be Shaq Ronker Guy, um, whether that be looking at Sports Illustrated A New Life. This is really turning the typical partnership um, strategy on its head because we have the agency to do so much more, not just for our partners, but for our fans. And I think you got a little taste of that at Funhouse, but outside of those events, and we can get into a little bit later, but we do also have a couple of business-based properties, um, which don't show up around those events, but again, are using the same ethos at that really that intersection of yes, sports and entertainment, but what's new and exciting? What's the next big idea that's different um, than other things that have been done, whether that be a festival or a sports game or um, just a, a regular online special. Yeah. The, da the Damon John one's cool. Like, I think it's just, it's, it's really neat to see how these events can pop up from scratch. Right. And, and yeah. brought to life, but also when you think about how you executed what you did at the Super Bowl um, and around it, you know, now you start thinking about final four and college football playoff. I mean, there's all sorts of different, like we'll call it tentpole events right throughout yep. the year that, Hey, there's a lot of people in town for this one. And granted, they're usually in bigger markets too, right? Where like, I don't know what percentage of people went to your event that probably didn't go to the Super Bowl, right? But yeah. they wanted to enjoy the festivities around it. And, and to your point, like something totally different, different fan base um, yeah. that aren't even, you know, sports fans, but they're a fan of that celebrity or that music artist or whatever the case might be. Exactly. Um, and I, I hear you. Usually it's in those bigger markets. Last year we were in Los Angeles for Super Bowl. Next year we were in Las Vegas. We know that we'll have that draw, but a lot of people were finding out are going to those cities just to experience the ancillary events. Um, and what did they have to do before? I don't know, but how do we give back to our fans in a way that they want to come and attend the event? If it's all inclusive, it's all inclusive. If you've got Snoop Dogg or Machine Gun Kelly or the Chainsmokers on the lineup, a lot of people are going to come or they just want to be with their favorite celebrity athlete partner, something like that. Um, and I, I know you and I were chatting a little bit beforehand coming up. We have officially announced that we'll be going to Kansas city for NFL draft. And people may say, Hey, you know, what's going on in Kansas city, but obviously they just won the super bowl and we're going to launch launch Kelsey jam with Travis Kelsey. And this just feels like one of the most important events that we've done in the sense that they just won the Super Bowl. We're going into that community. And I think that we're going to have a lot of just Kansas City based attendees at this event, unlike the Super Bowl, where everybody's flying in from the world. They want to come and check out the event. They want to see Shaq. This feels like a very important hometown event. Um, it's an extension of the Super Bowl celebration. Of course, Travis is so hot right now hosting SNL and all of those things, but how do we bring Travis to life now? How do we bring brand partners in, in a way that we haven't done before? Just continuing to turn it on its head a little bit. Um, and again, like I mentioned, we're not doing the logo slap. We want to take this on and, and, and turn it on its head from the things and the skills that we had learned in the past, kind of reinventing those for the future. 
So as someone who's bringing on these partners as well and, and, and trying to storytell around, hey, this is what it can be and this is what it can be uh, as it's brought to life, it hasn't existed before at some point, right? So when you started from scratch, it was like, hey, this is what we're envisioning. How do you sell something that doesn't exist? You know, it's funny. I think it is telling the best story possible um, and also making the impossible possible a little bit. Takis falling from the sky, we had not done before. How do we make that happen? And we did. We had researched so many different things that we could do. Um, I think, you know, the best thing is to draw up the I'm most out. success. How do you make Takis fall from the sky? Is there a, is there a secret <laughs> you can't give away? We, we did use balloons. We've created a massive balloon drop. We did a lot of testing at our own homes. Uh, you need three balloons to hold one Takis bag and doing all those different things. But with the snap of our fingers, we found an incredible balloon drop vendor um, who was able to help bring this to life. And it was this surprise moment for fans at the end of DJ Diesel Shack set where they fell from the sky. Um, and I think that is just one of those those outlandish ideas that you have that might not be possible at events that have been done time and time again in the sense of this isn't a traditional music festival you don't see talkies falling from the sky at those other ones but yeah we had Shaq followed by followed by diplo on the set in on the set but talkies were able to fall from the sky and i think we dream up the biggest ideas possible um, but always are able to connect it back to the brand. We want it to make sense. It doesn't want to feel inauthentic, but because we're working with so many fun celebrity athlete media properties, we can do fun things. And they also come to us a lot of the times and say, I want to see this because it matches their personality. And at the end of the day, this is our 50-50 joint venture with them. This is their vision coming to life. Um, and each of the events feels completely different. Uh, Black Entrepreneur's Day with Damon John feels much different than Gronk Beach, not just because one's a pool party, one's a business event, but because you're seeing Gronk come to life and you're seeing Damon John come to life through these events. When you think about the events themselves and you know whether one's successful, whether you change things up for the following year, um, you know, as you mentioned, you're going into different markets. How do you keep that consistency going when you go from market to market, but also like you create an event one year, how do you know it's going to stick? And then what do you do the following year to keep that brand going? Uh, because it isn't something that, let's face it, everybody knows about, right? It's just, hey, they're coming into this market. There's this really cool event. Uh, there's obviously social media following there, but uh, how do you make sure that that We'll call it IP, right? Of that event travels. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. We always want to keep the the brand. So a Shaq's Funhouse ethos intact. That's always going to be important. It's going to have a carnival flair. We don't want to take that away by any means, but we do also go into these communities with an understanding that it needs to feel authentic to that location, which is exactly what you're getting at. So whether that being, you know, at Flavortown Tailgate, we had a taste of Phoenix. So you have all these local Phoenix restaurants that are popping up at Guy Fieri's Flavortown Tailgate. Um, and then separate from that, going out to different vendors to bring them in or changing up the look and feel a little bit. 
Flavortown tailgate could look a little bit different in Las Vegas next year for a lot of reasons, or um, Shaq's Funhouse might be, you know, a little bit different. Grand Beach would be a little bit different just because where we are. However, we're never going to take the carnival out of Shaq's Funhouse, take the pool out of Grand Beach um, or the ocean or whatever it is going to be. But finding different ways to bring in that community feel, not only just from a patron standpoint, but from the overall event standpoint too. I know as we start to wrap up the episode, I, I know we were talking about this at one point, but it's, you know, when you start out your career, right, big company, big brand, you know, logo, right? Um, we've, we've had plenty of episodes here talking about loss of logo and just kind of the identity component. And then you have this opportunity to take a risk, right? Something that's new, yeah. something that's smaller, it's niche, it's different, Um to your point about your upbringing and, and, you know, Dennis being on the team side and all of these things, what advice do you have for others about taking a risk, going somewhere that doesn't have that big logo? Um, but also, you know, maybe to your point of like, Hey, you got your start at the big, at the big place. So you learned a lot and then you kind of go to that next thing. Yeah, I think, it was a massive jump. I, I can't sugarcoat that enough. It was a complete change in everything, yet it was the best thing that I ever did. And while I went from big to small, I think there's also a lot to be said about going small to big. Um, you learn all these different skills and ways of working by experiencing those different kind of, of environments. And I was fortunate that I learned from my dad, you know, keep on moving, keep on growing and experiencing these different things because and entertainment and teams and, and different companies that sit around those, it's easy to just stay in those positions and, and grow, which is incredible. Don't get me wrong. You take different steps, you grow in the company, but I think there's a lot to be seen in this, um, this sector that's not going away. Concerts, events, festivals, sports, they're not going anywhere. So to get as many skills as possible in a large company, in a small company, in a team, in a live nation, in a medium rare, in something that sits around those things is so important for so many reasons. Because no, I I never thought that I would bring a, a net spend Ferris wheel or a drone delivery or talkies falling from the sky to life. But now we are. And it's so great because now I have a different outlook on what that could could be going forward. And um, I know you started this, this episode with asking the future of it. And I think the future of entertainment is going to continue to change, not only as live events come back in full force, if that's a hybrid model of a live stream and a live event, that's pretty cool. But I also find a lot of excitement in these niche audiences um, and in making these partner or celebrity-based events, creating new IP, that can pop up you know, over and over again, we wanna take it everywhere. We wanna keep on creating new events, having new celebrity partners. We're working on a completely women, female-based event now too. So just continuing to grow the portfolio in a way that everyone at some point can hopefully experience a medium rare event or, or learn the things that I have through attending different events or, or working different places. No, that's amazing and, and really appreciate the perspective on that because I think it's it's unique, right? It's it's not everybody's willing to take that risk or jump early on. And um you know, 
for, for better or for worse, right? Like it, it completely changes your perspective on, you know, how you work with smaller groups versus larger groups versus the red tape, no red tape, you know, um, big ideas versus not having the ability to have big yeah. ideas, right? Like there's all sorts of different ways in which you work. I think one thing that a lot of people don't think about is work style, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks about the job, the title, the, you know, the job description, what am I doing? Uh, what's the brand? Where's the market? What about your work style, right? Do you like to work remote? Do you like to work in an office? Do you like working yeah. with people? Do you like working normal nine to five hours? Do you like working super early, super late? You know, do you like traveling? Like, I mean, all of these things that go into work style, I don't think a lot of people talk about. Uh, and, and that's probably a little bit different on your end too, as you're, you know, you don't have a, uh, an arena stadium, right? Like that, wherever yeah. you go, that's what it is. Yeah, I think you know that is that's exactly it, and I think it's a great way to look at it. That I went from in the office every day, massive team working on one specific thing, to working full time from home, working on the road. We have eight people on our team now, and it's completely different. But with that being said, I think it takes exploring other opportunities to figure out what your work style is and where you succeed. And hey, if I ever go somewhere else, I have the skill sets from both of those things. And so do you and so do a lot of people to adapt. But also maybe there are some mentalities or or ways of thinking or ways of working from a big company that help a smaller company grow um, or vice versa. Because working, when I started with Medium Rare, there were four people full-time um, and that's a lot different and it's like a family, of course, but it's a lot different than a larger company. And, um, you know, everybody has their own path. This happened to be mine. And I'm, I'm very happy that it was. And I think uh, there's a lot to be said about work styles continuing to change as we move forward. But it's a great point. Change it. Think about it. Keep doing it. Yeah. No, the work style is an interesting one. It's going to continue to evolve just as you know, a lot of these entertainment events and, and everything else around it will uh, as well, because again, I think you're just seeing an appetite from the consumer, the fan to have something different, right? And and yep. to have a, um, a different experience, a something that they've never done before, a way to uh, connect, right? With yeah. a, a logo, a brand, a celebrity, a whatever, you know, some sort of mission, whatever it might be. Um, and I think you're continuing to see like, that's only just going to continue to splice up the larger pie of consumer dollars of where they're spending their time, effort, energy, money, right? And uh, it'll be really interesting to see where it goes forward. But Tatum, nonetheless, uh, really appreciate your perspectives. Uh, thoughts, insights on the world of of entertainment and sports. Can we say that? Like instead of sports, oh, entertainment, yeah. entertainment and sports. Yes, I like it. Uh, put them in the front. You, My yeah, dad you, might be upset, but we're <laughs> we put it there. You you heard it first here. Uh, but we'll definitely look forward to having you on again in the near future. And best of luck with the uh, with the Kelsey Jam in Kansas City. Thanks, Big. Got to make it out to Kansas City. It'd be awesome.
Thanks for tuning into today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, subscribe, and follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Life in the Front Office. And don't forget to get your 15% off Suja at sujaorganic.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And stay tuned for next Monday's episode with a new guest and new content.